You are listening to Life Clips, episode 42. Join us today as we talk about God's only mistake. Hey everyone, Kim here. In today's episode, we will hear from author, public speaker, podcaster, and entrepreneur, Matthew Simmons. Matthew resides in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and he's also a graduate of Liberty University with a bachelor's in religion. He has his very first book dropping at the end of his month entitled God's Only Mistake. One would think, why is he on life clips with a resume like that? However, this has not always been Matthew's life clip. In today's episode, we will talk about how he battled with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, which then turned into agoraphobia. The labels increased in Matthew, and at that point, his self-image began to worsen. You know, those labels people put on us. Ugly, stupid, wrong, failure, goofy, worthless, unpopular, unworthy, moronic, ridiculous, boring, idiot, useless. All of these words can actually make you feel like a nobody. So now what I want you to do is I want you to take all of those words and I want you to cross them out. And instead, what I want you to do is I want you to hold on to these two words, but God. So tune in today to get encouragement, truth, and freedom. And hear how you can be set free from chains that label you. You can find Matthew at Stylish Leadership on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also tune in and listen to his podcast entitled Stylish Leadership on Anchor, Google, Spotify, Breaker, and more. So folks, as always, grab your coffee, grab your tea, We are in for a good one. Let us please welcome to Life Clips, Matthew Simmons. Matthew, and good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Kim. How are you in the great state of Florida? I am good. I am good. We're actually getting a cold front. Uh, The temperature today was 70, and it's actually going to dip down to the 50s. So every Floridian is going to pull out their Uggs and their mittens, I'm sure. Pretty excited to see what people are going to look like tomorrow. That is, I'm from Florida. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. born in Florida, so I know what a cold, Florida cold day is. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything cold. below 85 is cold here, right? <laughs> so um, I know you've been extremely busy. I know that you're Actually. launching um, your very first book, which I'm sure you're so excited about. So I thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Life Clips today. And before we get started, I want to let you know, and I know you've listened to some of our episodes on Life Clips, but we don't have listeners. We have family. And so today, Matthew, you are now part of the Life Clips family. So I 
just want to say thanks for joining our family. And we don't always get along, but we definitely are family. And what I did in the beginning is I gave a, a brief description of your life clip, the things that we discussed. But what I want to do, and if it's okay with you, just let me know. I want to read the description in your book. Is that okay? Just the f- very first part so people can kind of understand where we're going today on today's life clip journey. Are you okay with that? Sure, go ahead. Okay. So this is just a, um, a snippet from uh, Matthew's book. And I guarantee you what I'm going to do, so I'll apologize beforehand. The last guest that I recorded, his name is Michael. <laughs> So if I call you Michael at any time, don't take offense. I'm really trying to be cognizant, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. Okay. So you said here, um, and this is just basically the description uh, family of his, uh, um, what sounds like an amazing book. So again, the title of the book is called God's Only Mistake. And in this story of restoration, Matthew Simmons breaks free of constraints and dives headlong into his journey from failure to faith. I love that. Negative self-image has a way of contorting the divine image of God within each of us. In God's only mistake, Matthew unveils his compelling real-life story of how Jesus untangled his negative self-image to show that he was not a mistake, but a masterpiece. Whether you're a Christian or not, and I, I'm adding this isn't part of the description. That's also what Life Clips is. It's not just, I mean, it is a Christian podcast, but we welcome anyone here without judgment. Whether you're a Christian or not, this book is for you. It will help set you free to become all that you were destined to become. Amazing. I really like that. So before we get into that what I do here on Life Clips is I ask every single family member who comes on just to give a brief one to two minutes, just a life synopsis, a life clip of your entire life, because we are going to delve into your particular life clip that I mentioned in the beginning. So anyway, as I am sure um, you are definitely used to now in this life clips of your life, Matthew, the stage is yours. Well, thank you, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it's an honor to be here. My, like, like you said, my name is Matthew Simmons, and born in uh, Florida, born Texas, raised, um, and uh, grew up in a Christian home. Went to seminary. I'm seminary trained. Currently, I'm an actor, model, public speaker, now author, uh, entrepreneur, kind of a man of many hats and talents that God's gifted me with. And uh, that wasn't always the case. I'm as confident as I am now in myself because I know because of who I know I am. There was once a time in my life where I felt like I was a mistake. I felt like God made a mistake with me. I didn't feel good enough. I felt overlooked. I felt rejected. I uh, felt um, that God wasn't for me. And so mm-hmm. my life clip is that God brought me from a place where I thought I was a mistake and he renewed and changed my mind where I now know that I'm a masterpiece. So that's kind of, that's my life clip in a, in a nutshell. And um, we'll go more into depth here, here shortly. All right. That was amazing. Amazing. So when you first reached out to um, us here at Life Clip, and I always say us, clearly it's me. I mean, as you can see, I'm in a podcast at home. So, um, but just as a podcaster myself, I wanted to make sure that when we connected, I wanted to know who you were. So of course I researched you. I think anyone would do that for a guest that's coming on. So in my research, I found this eulogy blog, which kind of caught me off guard. I'm not going to lie because I'm like, who writes a eulogy of themselves? But 
I only took just a, a snippet of that eulogy and um, I really, I, the way that it's written, it, it just proves to everyone that is out there that that is why I've always kept the premise of life clips, life clips, because sometimes in our darkest moments, that life clip isn't a permanent life clip. And for those who walk with the Lord, you know, I think that's the, the, the main thing here is we're the ones who shift, right? God is always continually connecting the dots because, well, we're human. We're made of flesh. We're going to have fears and failures and anxiety and doubts and depression and all of that stuff. And I always say that if the scripture wouldn't be replete with verses on how to come, you know, conquer that if God knew that we weren't, go, you know, that we would not go through that. So with that being said, your eulogy, um, it just starts off with that life clip of, oh man, you know, this is like the worst part of my life. And then I always love the two words that say, but God. And I, I love reading the Psalms when it says, but God, because, well, that's the most important thing. So anyway, I want to read, like I said, um, just a snippet of your eulogy. And I want to get to the first part first, and then the, the, the best part, which we're going to save the best for last on this podcast for sure. Um, so the first part reads, the Matthew Simmons that was once forgotten about, looked over and deemed as never good enough, or as one not progressing fast enough by those around him, is now being remembered as a man that served his generation well, which makes this, and that's the key word, I think, right there, Matthew, if I can just say that. It's not the word that or before. It's which makes this mean current. This is the legacy of Matthew Simmons. And it says, he was a man that influenced the nations through his words, resource, and deeds. He was a faithful servant, and he served his Savior and his generation well. He realized the ultimate honor being known as a faithful, so, sorry, I, my screen there. He realized the ultimate honor being known as a faithful servant, and for all of eternity, he will hear the words that he always longed to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So again, we're not going to get into the ending part, the good part right now, what I want to do, because the eulogy kind of sets the stage for where we're going to go. We read about that first part of your eulogy, okay? Your introduction, you know, the anxiety, the agoraphobia, the self-image. So Matthew, explain to our family, take us back to how this life clip began. Like you're, you're here now, but you weren't always here. So talk to us about where you came from. Sure. And uh, just to kind of clarify, so the reason I wrote the eulogy part is it was kind of a, it's kind of like an assignment, like a life assignment given to me by a business mentor of mine and a business coach who was, was like, you know, like, how do you want, because because what that thing does is it, it puts, and I also read in the Stephen Covey's book, uh, or one of those leadership books, like as a, as a, as a trait that helps you understand what you want out of life. So I wrote it, uh, with the intention, uh, and this, this was written on the back end of this whole, of a, a lot of this part of this journey. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was written kind of as a, a way for me to kind of really focus on what really mattered the most in life mm -hmm. and kind of say, okay, how do I want to be remembered? And then you work towards that. So you kind of, you start at the end and you work, you work your way backwards. So it, it's, it's one of those, it's a sobering thing, but it, it 
it puts on the it puts in your mind how do I want to be remembered. So I wrote it that way. It wasn't just like macabre desire for me to write it. It was really there was a there was a purpose behind it. It was like uh, how do I want to be remembered. So mm-hmm. that's how I live my life, my life in a way that will allow me to be remembered. So it really just it, it it eliminates the static and the noise around you, and it mm-hmm. really allows you to focus on your purpose and what you're doing. So mm-hmm. that's why I wrote that. So for those that wonder why, and I highly encourage you, and a lot of successful leaders do that, and that's how they can stay successful and stay on point. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so I guess going back to to the story, the journey. So the reason I felt like I was a mistake because I did. Uh, so God's only mistake, that was a label that I wore my insecurities. And so I know that the, the, the title is catchy, but I did that on purpose. Um, as a blogger as well, and as a content creator, I do a lot of Facebook Live as well. As well, I like to come up with things that hook an audience, mm-hmm. and then I like to sustain interest. So, I mean, because there's a lot of content out there, and um, and I'm I'm millennial, and I like talking to millennials and Gen Zers and all that, and they're very – a lot of times we can be very impatient and we just like to scroll and we just like mm-hmm. to keep going. So if I can come up with something that can stop, I'll do that. And then I, and it's not clickbait because clickbait just, it gets you to stop and then there's no content, and no value, mm-hmm. but I like to provide the value to back it up. So, mm-hmm. so the, the reason I believe that was a mistake is because I looked at myself through the lenses of many of his followers or quote unquote followers who kept finding follow me. Mm-hmm. So, Instead of reading, instead of looking at the God in the Bible, I kind of interpreted his followers' actions represent how he felt. Because they kept saying how holy they were and how righteous they were and how uh, and kept, they kept making a big deal out of it. And they always kept talking about how they're Christ-like. And I, and I as a child and into a teenage years, I was naive enough to believe that they were the ones that were right and that God was the one who acted that way. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the problem with a lot. And, um, and I say in the book, and I, this is something that I say everywhere I go when I talk about this, about my story, is, is I, was, I was bounded by a lot of chains. Uh, we can go in, into that. Um, mm-hmm. um, but the problem with, a lot of, with chains is they make a lot of noise, but they make no sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what I was countering. So I was, I was you know, I walked on my toes growing up as a, as a boy. Uh, I was homeschooled for most of my education, and I did it before it was cool. You know, I was homeschooled before it was cool. Now it's really cool, you know, do distance mm-hmm. learning and do it on Zoom and all that. But I did it before it was cool. So I had that <laughs> pressure of, uh, and I had, you know, I was shy, I was quiet, which is kind of ironic because I'm an actor, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. You can't be shy and quiet when you do that. But right. when I was very shy and quiet and insecure if I was. And mm-hmm. people were always reminding my parents of why I wasn't being raised right. And so I kept, and I'm the only child, so I knew they were talking about me. So mm-hmm. I always heard my parents trying to defend how they raised my parents were never the problem. My parents are loving parents. They're supportive. They support everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't the home life that was the issue. It was outside of it that was the issue. And mm-hmm. I always encountered the most judgment from people within the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not just one specific church denomination. It's Christians as a whole. And it's not every Christian. Mm-hmm. I understand people that aren't Christian are still very judgmental. But my story was people of faith. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that created a lot of... Uh, pain and, and mistrust um, uh, for people in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that, that just kind of, as I got into my teenage years, that, that, that turned into church hurt and bitterness mm-hmm. and, and mistrust in the fact that I didn't think God was for me. I, thought he was, I knew it was for other people, but I didn't think it was for me. So yeah. um, that's kind of how that developed. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we, can, we can go back and then fill in the details. 
Right, um, definitely. Yeah. So what I want to do now is, um, and, and again, anything related to Matthew in this podcast today, everything in the in the YouTube description and also our podcast descriptions, there will be links, there will be everything, all the information that you need that we will be discussing today um, in order to even contact Matthew to, uh, you know, purchase the book, the pre-order. Also, this video that um, I think it's like 40 seconds, honestly, the, the clip of it is because it's a 51-minute um, uh, video. And I, I highly recommend that anyone who's watching uh, that you go ahead and you um, listen to it. I, I mean, I learned a lot from it as well. So what I want to do now um, is I want to share my screen and I am going to make sure I click all the right buttons here because sometimes I have a habit of not doing that. And I'm going to play this 40-second clip of the video that you did. So, um, And then I want to ask some questions based upon this video. And it's also just going to piggyback as to what you just talked about. So let me know. You can see um, the video. I can see it. Okay. And what we will do is I'm just going to hit play right here. And uh, if you can't hear the sound or if something happens, just let me know and we'll start it over again. So here we go. Believed in God my whole you know time growing up, and uh, I grew up in the I grew up in the self righteous Bible Belt where you know it's come hear me preach but don't watch me live. So looking back, I kind of subconsciously had an understanding that you know I was starting to program God like I was starting I was starting to view God and program how He thought like I was seeing His followers or some of His followers uh, how they felt about Him. And how they acted. So, for me, God and his followers were synonymous, but it wasn't because his followers were like God. It was like God were like his followers. So, I found that. Let me get out of that real quick. Um, okay. So, I found that, and again, this goes on for a while, but I, I found that particular part. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it hit home with me, if I can be honest with you. Um, so I was born and raised in church. I mean, I tell you right now, I became born again at five years old. Um, didn't say no sinner's prayer. I just knew that I loved Jesus and he was in my heart, right? Um, and then the enemy came in at 16, you know, those teenage adolescent years. And my mom moved us down to Florida. So we left everything that we knew in Long Island. Um, so my life was turned upside down, right? I was mad at my mom. Why did you leave us? I mean, I had a great church that I went to. And then all of a sudden I moved down here to the sanctimonious Bible built Florida. And it was like church folk were a little different down here than they were in New York. I came from a non-denominational church. They were just very different here. Um, I found them very hypocritical. I found them, you do one thing on Sunday and Monday through Saturday, you do something different. So again, at 16 years old, I, um, I'm not going to say the name of the church, but after I say this, and if anyone from Ocala is listening, they're going to know exactly what church it is. And honestly, I don't care. I probably should say the church, but I won't. So um, I was uh, every year we were in a play and again, 16 years old. And I'm saying that age, I'm emphasizing that age for a reason. And the pastor's son at that time, maybe late twenties, early thirties, so cute. And I had the biggest crush on him. And he played the main character. And I was another character um, that engaged with him quite a few times during the um, the play. And 
one rehearsal night because he knew I had a crush on him. Clearly, you know, um, at 16, you can't really hide the, the girly, giggly, you know, shyness, awkwardness when you have a crush on someone. Anyway, so um, let's just say he made advances on me at 16 years old. And that jaded me. That jaded me instantaneously. Then to add fuel to that fire, same church, <laughs> um, the music pastor he, and I emphasize the word he, he was arrested um, in Ocala propositioning a male prostitute. So, uh, you know, the church really didn't do much in my teenage years to encourage me. And to your point, right? I was like, if this is God, I don't want anything to do with him. You know, that's really what I felt like. So in that moment, I began to, and I want to say I, but the devil began to, I don't want to say confuse my thoughts, but confuse my thoughts. Because now I'm looking at people and my mind is off God, which is, you know, it's understandable. I'm 16. I don't know what else to do. I had the pastor's son do stuff. I seen my, and actually he gave me piano lessons, the music teacher. So there's just a lot of things, you know, around that. So when you um, were talking about that, like I said, I can personally attest to that video because, quite frankly, that's what kept me out of church for the next 30-something years of my life. So did that, in that moment, when the church hurt started, you said in that clip, but what happened to your belief system and God? I know what happened to mine, but this is not my life clip today. It's yours. So what happened to your belief system and in God, because again, we're involved in something where God should be in the midst and it's like so confusing. So what, what happened to your belief system in God? Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do, from your show being listed on every major podcast platform, to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites, to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. I didn't stop believing in God. Um, I didn't stop um, serving God, but I didn't think uh, 
he was for me. Mm. So I knew him as I didn't know him as Abba Father. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't I didn't think that he was for me because again it goes back to I and I'm sorry that you had to go through that and I didn't have that level of degree of experience. Uh, but everybody's everyone's story is their own degree mm-hmm. of pain, like the number one pain you can experience. So, I mean, it, there's no uh, competition on who hurts the most. Correct. Hurt pain is pain mm-hmm. and hurt is hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not trying to like have the most powerful story, but mm-hmm. it's, or the most impressive story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it's always the, just the not good enough. Like the, mm-hmm. you know, like you, cause I walked, like I walked on my toes, was very quiet. I was homeschooled before it was close. So it was always like the, why do you always walk on your toes? Why are you so quiet? Why do you always homeschool your son to my parents? Mm-hmm. And it was always in my presence. And then mm-hmm. as I got into my uh, middle school years, started getting adolescent, I started liking girls. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, that's just how. And um, girls that they had, a, you know, there were girls I had a crush on. And, you know, they were talking amongst them. One was talking to and one another one about how I was anorexic. Excuse me, being anorexic. So one of them had a crush on accused me to another girl I had a crush on. That I was anorexic, all because I was skinny and I wasn't eating. You know, mm. I wasn't eating because of food, but you know, I was now all of a sudden anorexic in their mind, and that mm. label just stuck. And that, on top of all the other, you know, just you know, being looked at and being looked down upon, um, of the sense of like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. I mean, we we were we could support ourselves. We weren't rich and wealthy, and we were around a lot of Christians who liked to brag about how prosperous they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, I mean, we, we can leave, we can kind of, if you know anything about Christian theology, you kind of know where I'm going with that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't prospering enough mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough faith. Because if, mm-hmm. if I clearly had faith, I wouldn't be struggling with anxiety and depression. We, right. and we would be making money. So mm-hmm. we were not prospering in a church that talked about prospering so much to where that was the only, that was mm-hmm. almost like a corrective mm-hmm. So it was just a kind of like a, the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. And we were the have nots. What mm-hmm. it felt like. So I kind of grew up feeling like God was favoring other people over me. Right. And that was reinforced by how people in the church were talking yeah. um, towards us or anybody that weren't profiting. And then as I got into high school, it just was more of the, you know, like being picked on and bullied at school. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go to a private school. There was a time when I didn't go to a school. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just the whole thing. And then you're doing know, as a teenager early teenage years, I mean, you know, your hormones are going everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, I mean, your hormones make you just, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, anyone has a teenager knows that they're the most on the planet. Right. And, uh, yeah. and youth ministry, I know, uh, you know, oh, why are you persecuting me, man? You know, everything's just like overdramatic and I'm dealing with all of this. Mm-hmm. That time. So you just can't win for loop. And so I just didn't, I, I grew up, kind of thinking that, you know, I got my fire insurance. That's all I got from this God who mm-hmm. favors other people, but not me. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm not going to not believe it. But I, right. I don't expect my prayers. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people can relate to that. Like, why pray to a God who won't answer them? That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of my, that's what my God view was mm-hmm. in kind of my teenage years. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's the thing, because I mean, we even read about, um, and I keep this here. I don't know if you can see that. It's um, like a handwritten thing. I don't know if you can see that, but I always keep that on my person and it's the spiritual battle part. And honestly, when we're a teenager, we're not thinking about the, the armor, right? 
we're not thinking about any of this stuff. We're thinking with our hormones. So I think because of that, the enemy um, really knows how to maneuver his way, uh, just like he did in the garden. I mean, hello, it happened. You know, he, he's very deceptive. He's very cunning. And he masquerades as an angel of light. So um, I think the youth... Um, because we don't have the armor on, we don't really understand what all of that means at 13, 14, 15, 16, even 18 years old. We just don't, you know, that's not a knock to anyone who's young. So if you're listening to this and you're like 15 and now you're offended, please don't be. It's just a fact of life. I mean, I'm a lot older than you, Matthew. I'm, I'm, I've learned a lot, you know, and if I can go back to that younger Kim, I'd probably tell her a lot of things. I'd probably kick her in her re rear a few times as well. But, um, so one thing that I, I got a lot from just talking to you briefly on the phone, reading some of your blogs, because I just didn't read that one. I read quite a few. And speaking of blogs, we are going to talk about towards the end of this podcast, your tie knots, because I find it really, really fascinating. So uh, most men can't even tie a tie regularly. And here you are like old fancy schmancy. So, and just so you know that when we talk, <laughs> For the joys of editing some of your pictures like your book cover and your tie knots those will be of course implemented here on um, our video for those who are listening to the podcast i'm sorry go over to our youtube channel and you can see them um, or follow his links and you can see them so anyway i think the devil wants us to hate god and the thing is, is i'm not going to say I, I, one thing about me matthew is i'm a very honest person and i hated god for a long time i didn't lose my belief in god but I hated God. I hated the fact that my dad died when I was 14. I hated the fact that, to your point, church folk were the worst folk. <laughs> um, I also went to a private school, uh, you know, from about a, 10 years old. And when I came down here to Florida, it was even worse. Uh, got in a lot of fights. You know, I always had in-school suspension. There was just a lot of things within myself internally and internally that I was battling with. So with that being said, because of that, that is what brought on your anxiety, depression, your self-image. But what I want you to do is I want you to explain, because here you are now, this amazing testimony of what God can do in someone's life. So agoraphobia, as I explained in the beginning, um, before you came on, that that's a that's a big thing. Like you don't want to be around certain people, certain situations, because your anxiety, your fear, your you know, it's like, uh, you know, the way I was reading it, it's like you feel smothered of what's around you, hopelessness, helplessness, um, and you get really anxious. So what I want you to do is just speak upon, and again, was it the the church that drove you to that? Or was it like, in one of your videos, you said, I chose, right, which is a big word. Um, so what led you down the path of the anxiety. And then of course, here we are again, you know, the agoraphobia to go from that phase to where you are now. And again, which we'll get to at the end, but what brought you into that dark, dark place? Cause that is a dark place. You know, I mean, we all battle one or two things and it seemed like you had everything just coming around you at one time. Like the devil wanted you defeated, just putting it out there. The devil did not want you to be where you are right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that probably it, it ultimately it stemmed around probably that anorexic comment was, was something that really kind of made mm -hmm. me feel like everyone around me was judging me because it, ultimately it came down to 
not only was it people, you know, picking me apart, but it was women that were picking me apart. It was always women in church that were picking me apart. And when I started to really develop feelings for, for girls, all those those things just kind of just kept replaying. So every time I would go in public, I just assumed women in particular uh, were going to be just judging me and were thinking thinking all these things of me. And I also was, you know, I'm skinny now. I mean, I'm like a buck 30 soaking wet and I'm working out. So I was even skinnier back then. And um, and so I've, I've been a great big guy or guy. I don't have like the washboard abs and the chiseled chests. And, and a lot of guys, particularly, I think a lot of guys view that as like your standard of looking good and attractiveness, you know, particularly for women. I just got to, I got to be sexy and look good. <laughs> so a lot of guys, we strive to look that way. So we, you know, girls. And so I was no different when I was a teenager. I mean, I'm, every guy listening will be like, yeah, I, I can relate. You know, I want to look attractive too. Everyone wants to look attractive. And I just didn't feel attractive. I wasn't, again, self-image issues and insecurities was a big part of it as well. So I had a lot of self-image and insecurities and anxiety as well. And it kind of came from all those like, you know, walking on your toes, you're too skinny. I heard you're too skinny. He doesn't eat. Do you ever eat anything? Because I was always, I've always been like a, I've never been good at eating in public because I'm too busy talking to people. So, you know, like eating and social, <laughs> and I'm not really good. I choose one the other. It's so funny. Right. And I, I still do that today. I mean, I have right. no fear of eating in public, but I'd rather talk to you in person unless I'm right. really, really hungry. Yeah. So, but growing up, I was self-conscious of that. And I just kind of, I kind of came subconsciously I kind of became what people were labeling me as mm. which kind of just furthered it and so that I just assumed and of course again I couldn't see the forest for the trees I'm not saying that I had I'm none of this was actually legitimately happening in my mind but I felt like everyone around me in public mm -hmm. was judging me mm -hmm. they weren't I thought I was mm -hmm. and again chains make a lot of noise but no sense so I was found by all mm -hmm. these chains and really much Agoraphobia is, I think it's technically called the fear of public places mm -hmm. or the fear of panic attack. I mm -hmm. kind of say you're afraid of your own shadow. I mean, if, if there yeah. was a, if there was any Bible who had agoraphobia, it'd be Gideon. Okay. Like, you know, he's, mm -hmm. if you understand the story of Gideon mm -hmm. and his mighty men, Gideon, mm -hmm. Gideon now I can see like, he, he was like, he probably had something like that. Yeah. And, and I liken myself to Gideon. But mm -hmm. anyway, so I don't want to go on a funny trail because I can do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as a speaker but i just um i just kind of developed that social anxiety awareness of everyone looking down upon me and judging me mm. and it wasn't legitimate so that 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 weight of going anywhere i went i just assumed everyone around me was just that was just too much pressure for me and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. i was afraid of having an episode or acting up and mm -hmm. a, a panic attack in that sense a panic attack I felt like I was having a heart attack and a stroke and mm. I was going to throw up all at the same time. Um, and I felt claustrophobic too. So all those things mm. just happened at one time. That's what it felt like. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And people who have a heart attack actually think they're having a heart attack yeah. because you're just your heart rate, you get numb and tingly. Uh, you get shortness of breath, you get cold and plain skin, your, your throat and your, your uh, stomach tighten up, you feel nauseous. Sometimes mm -hmm. you actually are choking, you would like gag, like, you, like someone has mm. their hands around your neck. I felt all of that a lot. And uh, mm -hmm. I was afraid that happened in the public. And it happened a few times in public where people mm -hmm. like start hammering, what's going on? And that yeah. means to leave more shame. So that mm -hmm. anxiety, seeing people like looking at me like, what's going on? That led mm -hmm. to me being depressed about me being mm -hmm. anxious. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was anxious and socially mm -hmm. anxious. People 
judging me. Mm-hmm. Do they weren't, but I mm-hmm. thought they were. Then I was depressed about being anxious. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> when I was depressed about being anxious, mm-hmm. I didn't think there was any hope. I already thought God wasn't for me. So then I developed suicidal thoughts and just fantasized about dying. I mean, mm-hmm. how many 17-year-olds fantasize mm-hmm. about death? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, for you know, that's actually a higher number than we think because mm-hmm. there's so many people who have these problems that they just, mm-hmm. it's, you're a silent sufferer. Yeah. Um, but I just say there's hope. If you're watching this hope for you, God mm-hmm. hasn't given up on you. But anyway, Amen. so all that, mm-hmm. just that, it's like this snowball of just horribleness mm-hmm. that I was just caught up in. And they just kind of all one led to another. You know, I was, yeah. I, I was depressed because I was anxious. And then, by my depression, I have I felt hopelessness. So then, the, like suicidal thoughts were going to take care of depression. The depression was going to take care of the anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're just circling, circling, we're just circling our tail here and getting nowhere. Yeah. And um, it was a toxic circle. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't about to take drugs of any kind because I knew I'd get addicted. Right. But I was so yeah. out things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know. I was just I was just hopeless and in despair. Yeah. And so. So that's kind of where that all led to. And it just kind of right. one led to the other. And that just led to 2007 being the year of just the worst year possible. And so, um, yeah, that's hopefully that catches it up to speed. It does. So let's, like. um, so if you want to talk about that briefly, what, um, and just so you know, I, I don't know, I know the camera sometimes, I know my camera is right here. So if I look, I'm looking at the people, if I'm looking over here, as you can see that I'm looking at you. So I don't want you to think like, I'm not looking at you. A lot of people who I record, um, I don't have the camera at that angle because I tend to look at the camera as well. So anyway, but I am looking at you. So, um, but go ahead and, and if you want to talk to us about what happened, what was that breaking oh, point good. in 2007? I'm totally cool. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was like, she ain't even listening. Uh, so. I, I, I get it. I've, I mean, I've done a number of these. I know where people's eyeline is. So you're, you're mm-hmm. totally cool. Okay. Um, I, I, for me, my breaking point was a, a summer vacation. And uh, uh, I mentioned this in the book, but a summer vacation, we went to Branson, Missouri. And, and for those that, for those that don't know, uh, particularly of what that's, because there's, there's so people who have people can struggle from panic attacks if they're functioning, like they'll go to work every day and all that. I was not functioning. I was not functional. I couldn't even leave. Sometimes I couldn't even leave my bedroom. Sometimes I couldn't even leave. I couldn't leave the house having a panic attack. Even just go check the mail. I was not functioning. I would have panic attacks in my own house. Um, so I was not functioning. I mean, like most seven, most seventeen-year-olds learn how to drive a car and go to prom and dating. I was in my room doing none of that. So mm-hmm. I didn't learn to drive a car until much, much later, uh, mm-hmm. simply because I just, even after bringing me through the deliverance part, I was still a little, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that might not have anything to do with this, but so agoraphobia is you're pretty much, you're, you're paralyzed and you're just, you can't function in life. So the worst thing anyone can do is leave there. It's called a safe space, which is pretty much your home, a place where you're the, you, you have the most control in mm-hmm. um you, you're familiar with your environment so it'd be like my bedroom in my in my house that was mm-hmm. my safe space so i'm now traveling 600 miles away um uh to a place to a to a city in another state around people i don't know uh to go on vacation that's like the worst thing that could happen and this was august of 2007 and again for those that understand like it felt like i was on pluto Okay, I, I just it just the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, it was bad, um, and so that was the that was the rock bottom, and 
everyone's rock bottom is different, but I kind of mm-hmm. find rock bottom as the, the moment where you realize that your pain is affecting other people mm-hmm. and that your life will have no quality of life if you keep going on this this way. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's kind of how I define it. And uh, it that th- that general area, that general gist of a phrase is kind of how I define it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I just started seeing people on my parents' face and people in, just in random tourist spots who were who worked there. They just kind of started looking at me like, "What's really going on? And what's wrong with you?" Because mm-hmm. I was just like, again, I would just be so stiff as a board, I couldn't move. I would just mm-hmm. be so like. And so, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was kind of rock bottom moment. And, mm. um, I was at a, I was at the, uh, Dixie Stampede in Branson, Missouri. Hopefully they don't come after us with a lawsuit because we mentioned them, but, <laughs> but Dixie Stampede in, uh, Branson, Missouri, uh, that was where it was really rock bottom for me. And so, mm. um, uh, I, it was, it was, uh, a, a time when I, I got to, we were, we were going to go, we were, we got, finally got to our seats to watch the show. And I just said, God, if you're, if you're, if, if you're like, if you, if you bring me out, if you walk me through this, if you deliver me through this, I'll promise you I'll give you the glory. Now I didn't think he was ever going to do it, <laughs> but at least I said, it. Mm-hmm. that was, again, my mind was not, my mind wasn't there. I mean, yeah. like I'm thinking that he's, I think that he said, oops, when he made me, but he said, mm-hmm. he didn't say it to anybody else. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like imagine walking around thinking that, God loved Adolf Hitler and Mao Zedong more than you because mm-hmm. he didn't make a mistake with them, but he made a mistake with you. He said, oops, you, but he didn't say oops to them and look mm-hmm. at how they became. That's what I thought. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the lie that he had me in. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, there would be, I, just, I would just berate myself in front of here and I'd say some things that I won't repeat here. I mean, mm-hmm. I could curdle milk. It's just some of the self things I would say. I mean, like yeah. I invented my own swear words at, my, mm-hmm. at myself. I mean, that's how much I hated myself. I hated my wow. kids and all that. And I'm in the seat here mm-hmm. at show, 600 miles away from home, all of these thoughts racing through my mind and being mm-hmm. afraid of everyone around me, being afraid of my own shadow, saying, God, can you help me here? Because I can't keep living like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is uh, which is typical, nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. I kept being, I kept, but it started something. It mm-hmm. started like the, you know, like those big cruise ships, it started to, to turn it. It started to turn very slowly, but surely, because nothing changed. Uh, I still was very anxious. I mean, I was it was still a miserable trip, but I made that comment. Of course, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but fast forward a few miles in August, so fast forward to December of that year, the day after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, that that Christmas was a horrible Christmas. It was just like the whole day just had this chronic panic attack. And I want to mm-hmm. kind of say this: like, there's a difference between acute is like it's it's sudden it's really really intense because then it goes away and then you're fine mm-hmm. that was most of what i had but everyone i just had this like chronic slow numbing constant mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. feeling feel and that's what that christmas was and i've never I've never had a christmas feeling like that and so that mm-hmm. was a horrible day and um and so then the next day is 26 then we go to church and uh you know, make a long story short, pastor goes up, says something. I don't know, honestly, remember what he said, but it was some effect of, um, I don't know, if you if you want God to change your life, come forward. I can't remember what it was. I, mm-hmm. I wish I did. I mean, I was so out of it. All I remember yeah. is that I just sprung up out of my seat like there was a spring in my chair, and I just was like the first one down there. Mm-hmm. I just knelt to the altar and just said, God, I can't. I'm about to graduate high school. And mm-hmm. I was doing it home school distance learning and from a school in Pensacola. And um, and I just couldn't um, imagine going to graduate high school. Yeah. 
I wanted to, but I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do that. So mm-hmm. I was just coming up with ways not to inventing excuses not to go. But I said, mm-hmm. now I'm about to graduate high school, about to go to college. There's so many things at this time. There's so many things I want to do as a 17 year old, like that I hadn't done yet. First job, first home, first apartment, marriage, you know, graduate high school, learn mm-hmm. how to drive a car, own my first car. I mean, all these things that I hadn't done yet at 17. Most of them I've done, most of them not 30 I've been able to do, but mm-hmm. um, uh, with the exception of marriage, having but but um, but everything else I've been able to get accomplished. But back then at 17, I wasn't, none of that had happened. And so I was like, God, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't live life feeling like this. And I don't want to miss that. So, yeah. you know, help a brother out. Right. So yeah. um, I was just at that. Point. And, um, and again, service is over. Nothing happened that mm. I can feel. But the, the moment of, uh, the moment that I really felt God really come through for me was the next day after that, uh, which was the 27th of December. And my parents wanted to go to the mall. I didn't really feel like it because I wanted to watch football. And God was like, you need to go to the mall. I'm like, I don't really feel like going to the mall. And God was like, you need to go to the mall. But that was the first time that I wasn't afraid of the thought of going to the mall. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really think of it at that moment. Um, but, you know, at the time, I, at the time now I'm thinking, well, that was significant. But at the moment, I was just like, okay, I'll go to the mall. I never would have done that. I look for ways mm-hmm. to get out doing things all the time. But uh, I went to the mall, which was one of the worst places that I could go because there's girls around. There's all these people around. They're all judging me. The mall was one of the worst places. Any place, really. But the mall was, was top five. Mm-hmm. Church was up there, too. But, um, but yeah, I go to the mall, and I felt like I was on a cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was walking on a cloud, and I, and I, didn't, feel, I didn't feel the anxiety of walking out in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't had that crippling anxiety or paralyzed anxiety since. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that there aren't moments where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, mm-hmm. Ooh, man, what's going on? Like, yeah. but it's not a crippling anxiety, and I don't know how to deal with it. I'm just like, all right, God, you know, it, it's all in your perspective, like God, mm-hmm. you know. And he's and he said, you're not going to feel this again, yeah. and he's been accurate. That's what mm-hmm. uh, years ago was that 13? 13 years ago, 13 years ago, yeah, 13, oh, 13 years ago. Yeah. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop rewinding that because I'm gonna start feeling old, and, <laughs> and I know I'm on set. So, uh, <laughs> so, um. So it was 13 years ago. He made that, and that's a that's a promise that he's kept. I haven't right. I haven't been like dis- serious. I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, but it really mm-hmm. disabled me. It really it really it it paralyzed me where I couldn't really walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would take me 10 minutes to leave, walk across the threshold of the door to get to the car. Right. I mean, it was a, it was a challenge. I mean, mm-hmm. late to church because I couldn't get. We lived like three miles from church, but I yeah. couldn't. I, it took me like 10 15 minutes to walk 30 feet from the back mm-hmm. door to the car because wow. I was so anxious. Yeah. And sometimes like a stiff breeze against the neck, just feel like I was gagging and choking. Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it was, I was that, I mean, I was that tight. And um, and then to go, and then now, I mean, like God's got me in front of cameras and mm-hmm. microphones mm-hmm. and on stages. Yeah. So, so that happened. Definitely. Uh, yeah. On stages. But um, God, it's all because of God. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, and I've been on other podcasts. They've said, man, you're going from agoraphobia to acting. You know, and um, and like, dang, you, you're right. I didn't really think of that until mm-hmm. they said it. You know, agoraphobia, yeah. which is pretty much the fear of everything, mm-hmm. um, to acting. And it was always like, I would say this, and it hurt me to see my parents hurt because my parents didn't want to see me hurt like this. And I didn't mm-hmm. want to disappoint them. And, yeah. Um, but you know, they were like, 
the devil's trying to attack your throat, your voice, mm-hmm. because they knew that there was some kind of call to use it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and lo and behold, here we are, 13 years later, it's happening. And yeah. it, it's not, this isn't just the beginning of it. I mean, I've been doing this kind of stuff for a few years, but it's really ramped up here with yeah. this past year mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of doing things and getting the book out and doing different speaking engagements, different radio and podcasts like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, never would have done this, never would have dreamed of doing this. Yeah. Uh, back then, this was unheard of. I mean, uh, there's people who, um, there's people who are in the corner of the room. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always, I wasn't in the. I built the corner of the room and stayed there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's people who are like social awkward and they stay in the corner of the room. I was the one that built the corner of the room. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's how awkward I was. And mm-hmm. I, so uh, and I hit it well. People who knew me, then they're like, I didn't know that. I hit it very well. I internalized yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I Which internally isn't suffered. Mm-hmm. They're telling. Yeah. yeah, I didn't dare tell anyone because I didn't want to uh, be judged by others, which I just assumed mm-hmm. was going to happen. So, um, so that's kind of how that all walked through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. kind of catch up to speed on that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of walking through the journey. Right. And, um, so, really quick, what you yeah. reminded me of, and I, I don't know if it's in First or Second Peter, but I definitely know it's Chapter Five, Verse Eight. Um, I, again, I feel like it's Second Peter, but I could be wrong. Where the devil. Um, is lurking around seeking whom he can devour. So when you talk, that's what I, I, I hear is the devil was trying to devour you. And I know, um, I, uh, not that I believe in, in the horror, the astronomy by any means. Um, I'm a Leo and I am a Leo. I'm creative. I like to be in front of the camera. I like to be in front of people. Um, I sing, um, you know, been on in plays or whatever. So clearly I've tapped into that part and never in a million years um, would I have ever thought that I'd be doing a podcast um, because I was the singer, you know, and then I got older, life took over, whatever. But um, the devil tried to also take my life when I was 16 years old, like literally take my life. Um, I didn't try to take it. He took it. Um, totally panicked my mom. Um, and then the, the ball started rolling with me where I became focused on the things of the world and the things of God. I would get the accolades from the world. Wow, you sing so good. And I would, you know, have managers reach out and we would kind of connect musically. So I found more approval with the world and I found the approval with church people. <laughs> um, but through that duration of my life, because God gives us all talents and gifts, and I'm not just talking spiritual gifts, right? Because we are born with spiritual gifts as well. But God instills in all of us a gift. And that's why when I see so many people, whether it be in Hollywood or secular music, they are literally throwing that talent away because God gives each of us a gift. And, you know, there's some singers out there. Whitney Houston comes to mind, right? Michael Jackson comes to mind. Prince comes to mind that they literally gave their gift back over to the enemy. And that's just something that I found myself doing, you know, without really knowing it, but the devil was seeking whom he can devour. And then you also had mentioned um, that that space that you were in. So if you don't mind me asking, um, how old are you again? I'm 30 now. You're 30. Okay. So the we have an 18-year age gap. And that there you go. That's how old I am. Um, so with that being said, if social media was around when I was younger, I probably would have been a hot mess because being in the forefront on, on the stage, um, 
image is everything, right? Um, I'm a little chunkier now. I wasn't chunky back then. I was a selfie queen long before selfies ever came out. I probably should have patented it and been a millionaire, a gazillionaire. But um, so with that all being said, do you think, because you said it, I don't know how long ago, 45 minutes ago, um, kids today, like the the little sound bites, you know how to reach them. You know, they're, they're very, the TikToks and the Instagrams, everything is the Snapchats. Everything is just a quick do this now, you know, be over it. I always also say that social media um, is a false reality because we all have filters. We all put our lives out there like we're somebody that we're really not. And sometimes when we cross those lines and we're bringing ourselves into a, into a false reality and we really are. And I, I feel for young kids, my heart goes out to the younger generation um, because this is what they garner likes on. And a pastor said a long time ago, and I loved how he said that, to say Jesus loves you, nobody pays attention to that. But if you were to say Jesus likes you because people want likes, it would go a lot further today. So no one really wants to be loved. They just want to be liked. Um, so what I'm getting at is do you think, because you did, you grew up on social media. I mean, MySpace came out first, and then you had Facebook came out in 2008. So really that image, the, and then of course the Kardashians came out and they really confused everybody's, especially women, their self-image, their self-worth. I have to be fake. I mean, they've morphed into people with more plastic surgery than a plastic Barbie doll. But so do you think that social media, whether it be in your life or another young person's life, do you think social media plays a role in their self-worth and their self-image? And if so... What would your advice be to that young person, perhaps maybe listening to this today, who was bound by anxiety, fear, depression, because they're looking, they're trying to achieve something that literally inwardly they cannot achieve because they're too busy looking at this and not, you know, up there. Sorry, I hit my microphone. So what would you say to that? Yeah, I agree with that. I would say, and I did, I, I was, I grew up like on MySpace old. So, I mean, Tom was my best friend on MySpace. I mean, like, everyone had, you know, him in his yeah. white t-shirt and his board back here. I, I know Tom from MySpace and I was going to, I was going to. Tom was, was awesome. Do that as like a costume joke. And <laughs> yeah. Tom was awesome. And everyone's like, who's Tom? I'm like, well, no one gets it. So, okay. But anyway, so yeah, I, I'm from the MySpace era. I remember that. And uh, I have my top five friends and I want to be in everyone's top five friend list. Mm. And I, I, I don't know, maybe I made friends or not. But yeah, I mean, that was, it was a thing, you know, and you could, the thing with MySpace is you could change your top five friends. I know. And that, and that sucked though. If you think about it, like I was removed and I'm like, why are you removing me? I'm supposed to be top five. That in itself is internal rejection. If you think about it, you know? Oh yeah. There's a fab five. That was a commercial back. I can't remember. It was a phone commercial of some kind. Like, your Fab Five. So it was like your Fab Five on MySpace. I was like, I want to be on, on your Fab Five. So there was that rejection. And I think that um, – and then Instagram was even a thing. I think Instagram even made it even more so because we can filter it and we can all they have all these things. And I, what I would say to the generation now um, – and I'm included in that because I use Instagram all the time as a model mm -hmm. and an actor. I mean, that's, that's promotion right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, – I would just say you're comparing your worst self to someone's uh, airbrushed self. Mm. And that's what you're doing. Because that's what people do. They, they mm. want to admit it. Because on, on Instagram, I mean, everybody's posting their best mm -hmm. image. Like, I mean, I have a hat. Like, even right now, right now, I have a hat on because my hair is just, like, all over the place. So I just draw <laughs> a hat on to be presentable. Right. It's not mm -hmm. wrong to do that. 
Ronnie looks presentable. Right. People look at themselves the lens of, well, I'm I'm ugly or I'm not good enough mm. because this person is always just dressed so well, they're always on point, they're like so amazing. Mm-hmm. When in reality, they took how many pictures they have to take mm. to get that image. I mean, mm-hmm. as a model and as an actor, I know how many takes it takes mm-hmm. to get a good mm-hmm. minute of video or a scene or a good photo. Mm-hmm. The finished product looks like, oh, they're just like, they just come down the, like Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, mm-hmm. or, uh, I mean, or maybe Bieber and Selena Gomez for the younger crowd. I mean, they just come and they're just perfect, right. you know. Or, or for my crowd, would not, that be Brittany and Justin? I don't know. <laughs> Brittany and Justin, maybe, I don't know. They just come out with this elegance you know mm-hmm. um there it, it how long does it take to get them to that point and so mm-hmm. people like to compare the worst of them them to the best of someone else mm-hmm. like i don't have anything because look at that person they've got a ball gown on they got a, a tux on they've got a hundred thousand followers what you don't understand is how many how much money they have to pay to promote themselves to get that many followers mm-hmm. how many takes did they have to take mm-hmm. how much money does it cost them to get to that point mm-hmm. i mean coming from someone who's in that world i know a lot mm-hmm. of them it, it it takes work to have that image mm-hmm. um and it is an image and you have to kind of prop yourself up all the time and i'm not saying not to put your best foot forward because i do believe in doing that but i you also have to understand People like to put on a front and they sell the facade instead of the real mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a point right now, uh, if you're going to reject me, at least reject the real me, yeah. you know? And I, I, I've, like I've heard that. friends say that. And um, so I can't take credit for coming up with that saying. Mm-hmm. But friend Ryan came up with that saying, but Ryan is really wise. And so he's like, at least reject, reject the real me. And I, I kind of took that, but it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. so at least if, because not everyone's going to like you, not, you're not going to please everybody, mm-hmm. but at least let them know who you are so they know what they're getting. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know, do one thing and then down the road, that's where a lot of relationships can get in trouble because mm-hmm. we put our best foot forward in dating, mm-hmm. hide all of our, our, our secrets and we get married or we're really serious and all these things mm-hmm. come out. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a totally different person. Yeah. You know, <laughs> be honest and upfront. And right. uh, just be honest and upfront. And so I think that for those that are watching, they're really struggling with this. Like, don't be, there's no reason to be anxious about not measuring up to what you see because what you see has been i mean if if you spend as much time as they did and look in a certain way you would look that way too i mean mm-hmm. just saying i'm not saying that they're not naturally attractive but it right, takes a right. lot to look perfect in a picture yeah, yeah. and on instagram snapchat all the chats all the all the tiktoks and mm-hmm. the talk ticks and the we me moves and the movie, whatever these, mm-hmm. you know, social media things. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I'm really starting to sound old, so I need to stop that. I mean, <laughs> believe me, I don't even know. What believe me, Matthew, you're not <laughs> old. You're not old. Oh, to be 30 again. Right, right. All these like we moves and, you know, and then, and then you have all the swipe right, swipe left, and like the, all mm. the different dating apps and, you know, pick, yeah. pick no mm. one. It's, yeah. It, it and uh and it's just it's just a it's a temperamental society it's a microwave society mm-hmm. but what's amazing is is the human humanity has not changed mm-hmm. god still has put in us that desire to love and to be loved 
So that mm-hmm. hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. But we're so superficial with mm-hmm. this. We, we crave lo- loving. Yeah. We think the best we're going to do is get liked. Yeah. And, but we think that so our validation likes there is. And um, yeah. And then we have all these different social media platforms. We get yeah. on all of them. Get yeah. a following and get acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live our lives through that notification that bell. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I have to watch that because my line of I guess a uh, profession mm-hmm. that's important. You yeah. know, like that. Look at that, and you want to mm-hmm. get exposure because a lot of times I work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a model, you get work that way. So, uh, you know, I have to, you know, like put my best foot forward. But I have to, mm-hmm. and I have to constantly remind myself. Don't judge yourself off of the image of what someone else is portraying because you don't know what they're dealing with in their life. That's and right. there's so many people that have been in times past that we look at their life and mm-hmm. in private, they're miserable and they, they mm-hmm. had everything on the surface, mm-hmm. but they just, there's, oh, yeah. there's still that pain because pain is human. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't, money and popularity does not get rid of it. Right, um, exactly. If that was the it's case, happy people yeah. in the world would be in Hollywood. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The cultural hubs they would have the happiest people in the world would be all of our entertainers and our bankers and Wall Street and in Nashville and in Hollywood and in Paris and in all these all these like the hubs of like fashion and finance and mm-hmm. entertainment and, you know even many of our pastors I mean I mean mm-hmm. last year I saw some megachurch pastors who were found dead of suicide because they just felt the weight of the world and they look like they had everything going for them yeah so there's just so many people because mm-hmm. you get to a point. It is true, like the the, the lon- it's lonely at the top or the perceived mm-hmm. top, um, because it itself kicks in, and you then you lose all these people around you because mm-hmm. they're jealous of your success instead of celebrating. Sure. So yeah. it's just a toxic cycle. So that's why I that stay grounded in knowing who you are in Christ. Yeah. Because people, they'll change. Mm-hmm. They'll like you one minute. They'll they'll connect. You know. I mean, now we have people canceling each. Other. We we now have people canceling people they weren't subscribed to. So everyone's yeah. looking for a way to cancel somebody. Oh. I- the cancel culture. I know. We got people canceling people. They won't even. I and we've got people canceling canceling Yoda. I know. Who's a fictional character? Yeah. You know. So just are in their emotions, mm-hmm. which is a bad place to stay for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. It's good to be emotional. Yeah. Have to stay there. So right now, I want culture and society. Like mm-hmm. your emotions are there for a reason, but don't. Get so wrought up in your emotions that mm. you can't see the forest for the trees. Because I was stuck in my emotions. I thought everyone hated me. I thought everyone was judging me. I thought everyone was against me. I thought God was for me. Those were all emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got whipped up, yeah. whipped up to a frenzy in those emotions. Mm-hmm. So okay. it, you, have to, you, have to, you have to just take that and understand that he is for you. Mm-hmm. And just stay in the world. Like I, I really started realizing when I just... I went to seminary, like I said, you know, I, I kind of I rededicated. I kind of made, I, I said, all right, God, I, I'm going to trust you mm-hmm. more than being rededicated. I said, God, I trust that you're for mm-hmm. me. And then I started reading the Bible for myself in seminary, which helped. And then that's when I started to see different scriptures in a different light. Like, wow, he knew yeah. me together in my mother's womb. That's not just a mm-hmm. saying. That's actually, yeah. I put my name in scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he really admitted that. Yeah. So I, I had all those promises and I, mm-hmm. I claimed them in my own. So. Amen. So, um, and that is true. And actually, I'm telling you, you know, when something's Holy Spirit led, because you had no idea what I was going to say next. Um, so, and you literally just led into like the greatest thing. And then we're, we're kind of bring this in for a landing here, because I know that your time is quite valuable right now. Um, so there's many people in the Bible. Uh, we have Moses, 
um, stutterer, you know, God used him mightily. He was also a murderer. God used him mightily. We have Elijah. Elijah seemed to start off powerful, then got really scared um, of Jezebel. And I can't, I can never remember her husband's name, but whatever. Um, then he ran and literally pee-peed by a tree. No, I'm teasing. I added lib to that one. But I, I'm sure that he soiled himself when he was at that tree because he was afraid. Then you have uh, King David, uh, probably um, the, the mightiest man who uh, David, uh, that one day Jesus will uh, assume that throne. And I can't wait for that. So David, then, you know, he went through stuff. So he himself, um, you know, lied to the prophet Nathan. He, you know, well, we know story of Bathsheba. He lost his child because of that. Then we have the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before a crowd of people and they would not bow. Um, then my last two, uh, Job, right? I think that man has been through more stuff than any of us would ever go through. And yet at the end of it, which we're, that's where I'm going to lead into. Uh, so the story of Job is amazing. Um, it's actually the oldest book of the Bible. Uh, people think that Genesis is, but we, if you read the history of Job, it looks like Job was actually written long before that. But Job here was this man who to the human eye lost everything. And then he had his friends criticize. And then all of a sudden, God steps in and was like, dude, were you there when I formed the, the world? Like, what's your problem? Um, and again, I'm paraphrasing. God doesn't talk like me because then nobody served God. And then my most favorite story in the Bible, um, and I don't want to say story. I always use that word, but this, the most real story in the Bible, and I can't wait to get heaven to meet him, is the story of Joseph. Um, Joseph is also. Um, I'm not saying he is Jesus by any means, but it kind of shows you, it, it, it enters the, the story of Jesus because even when he stood before Pilate and he was punched and smacked, Jesus never said a word. He allowed them to berate him and treat him and he never opened his mouth, which totally I'm still not gaining lessons from that. So, um, because I'm a very defensive person. Um, I shouldn't say very, God has definitely chiseled a lot on me, but I, I defend myself easily. <laughs> So, and then you have Joseph where we all know the story. His brother sold him into slavery. Um, he was thrown into jail for false accusations. And then all of a sudden, what did God do? God set him high. Um, and at the time when it was needed most for his family not to starve, um, the same person that they threw into slavery and berated because they were jealous, um, Joseph showed out, but one thing he did not do was show off. Um, I just love the story of Joseph. I can't wait. Um, I, think, I think that's why we have all of eternity because there's so many people. I mean, Jesus, I think I'm going to spend the first billion years with him and then I'll go down the line. So with all that being said, you had this moment in your life, this life clip that brought you darkness and, and you found me by listening to the suicide life clip. That was my own personal life clip. And I can probably make a gazillion more on alcoholism. I was addicted to pornography. Um, I'm a divorcee myself. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason I wanted to do life clips because I was never unsaved. I believe in one saved, always saved. I'm the one who moved. God always stayed. Okay. And in those life clips, God, you look at his hand of protection over me. So, but when I was in that dark, dark place, I twice in my life um, 
the first time I, I really don't think I, I cried out to God like I did the second time. But sometimes we get into that hole and we allow, and again, that is why I keep this. I mean, this top one here, this helmet of salvation, that's like so, I'm not saying the rest is important, but our thoughts, how we feel about ourselves, how others, how we think others, like you said, perceive us in today's culture, that is so vitally important. It really is. And it can really break a young person. And unfortunately, when I say that, I'm not talking a 13-year-old. I'm talking even younger, seven, eight, nine years old now, because parents are giving them phones at a younger age. So that their, their minds are now being controlled by a narrative that's not true. So here you were, young, trapped, anxious, depressed, suicidal, didn't want to go anywhere, held hostage in your own home. You couldn't breathe. God began to move. You're now this public speaker. And if I could be honest, I mean, this might be unprofessional of me and I don't care, but you're extremely good looking. So I believe you said you're still single. Why? I don't know. So I think you need to go like on Bumble or something or some Christian mingle and mingle a little bit because I think you'll find her. She's perfect. And I tell you this much, if I was not 18 years younger, but maybe like 10, um, I probably would be like, hey, let me get your digits after the podcast is over. So I'm just letting you know, you know, um, God is definitely going to use you, you know, and not because of your good looks and your just amazing personality, but you have a story. You have a story where, you know, just like Daniel in the lion's den, the devil, if you look at all of these stories that I mentioned, the key thing is the devil wanted to break them all. But, but God, and that's why I love those two words. But God had different plans. And these aren't fake stories in the Bible. They're real stories, and they can be applied to our lives today. I'm not a David. I'm not a Job. I'm not saying that by any means. But we veer off, but then you have this holy, gracious, merciful, long-suffering, loving God who says, come on, come on, I'm done. Like, this is what, this is what has to happen. So before we get into the good part, because I will forget, because I have conversational ADD. Before we get into the ending, the happy ending, and you can bring this podcast in for a landing, tell us really quick about your tie knots, because I'm totally going to digress here. So tell us about your tie knots, then bring us yeah. in for a landing, and um, tell us about the goodness that God has done in your life. And I will for post sure. a picture, yeah. just before so you know, of what the tie knots look like. So yeah, go right ahead. Take as many as you want. Um, hey, before we do that, I think Ahab is the name of the, of the, is the name uh, you're looking Jez for. Yes, and Ahab. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. That's what I get for That's having someone who went to Liberty <laughs> University on my podcast. Right. Hey, there you go, man. Hey, I mean, I have four years of no social life has finally paid off. I can I can say Ahab was Jezebel's husband. That's right. <laughs> it was yeah. just like those who don't know you you live at the library for four years. So that's mm. what that is. So anyway, so the tie knots, yes. So I've I have tied over two thousand different tie knots. I've created over five hundred of them. And it all started on my journey of kind of like dressing like a man, basically. I guess I just, you know, I was just, I had the horrible wardrobe. Uh, and it just was because I just had no fashion sense. Part of that was because I didn't think that I could look good as a skinny guy in clothes. So I just, I just covered up. Even after God brought me through that, I still had those insecurities even in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And so I finally, you know, finally found a guy, a friend of mine, uh, Christopher, um, Christopher Randall. Because uh, I know so many Christmas, I'll just give him a shout out. He actually helped me go on the path of 
dressing well, dressing stylish. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, now I have a H and M closet pretty much. Uh, so, so I now know how to dress, but the tie was kind of the first way of like, I wanted to stand out. Mm-hmm. And in my limited knowledge, it's like a tie was like something that every guy was at least supposed to know how to tie. So I just, I just learned to tie a tie and I just kind of just, you know, out of curiosity, just went to YouTube and I found out that there are so many different ways to tie a tie. And I just started tying ties that were really, really different, mm-hmm. like the Trinity and the Eldridge and, mm-hmm. you know, Mirabinti Yeah, they're awesome. And Onassis and all these different mm-hmm. ones. And I, yeah, people started complimenting me on them and I got mm-hmm. hooked. This is, again, this was a big help for me because I wasn't confident much growing up outside of my parents. So I started getting confidence from people mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. So I was hooked. And so um, the rest was history. And over time, it just developed into, well, I want to tie all my favorite ones. Well, I'm going to tie all of them. Well, I'm going to start creating them. And then I just, I tied everyone I could find on YouTube. I started creating my own. Uh, a couple of my tie knots got picked up by other guys who, who do these tie knots and they kind of mm-hmm. made them go viral a little bit. And, um, and so... And so I didn't, then I had some people saying, you start making some money off of this. So a friend of mine, Jeremy Watkins, I'm starting to shout out to my friends out here. So hopefully they're watching. Uh, I don't want to do this and them not know that. But uh, he gave me the name Simmons Essentials because uh, he said all of your tie knots you create are essential to you. So my last mm-hmm. name is Simmons Essentials. So I did a, I have an Instagram up with all my different tie knots, Simmons Essentials. And then I had a DBA. I, I actually still have a DBA for Simmons Essentials and for Stylish Leadership. So the business mind in me actually secured those two both to me as businesses. Mm-hmm. So um, so whenever I have an idea, let's just roll with it. Um, those are there. But the timelines just kind of became like this fashion piece of me mm. to where now it kind of developed into this like ability to put myself together with my clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's leading modeling and all kinds of different things. And um, yeah. so it just it all started with a tie and then just I do all the different cologne and washes and cufflinks and all the men's accessories. And I mean, I just mm-hmm. dress dress well, no matter what kind of style you have between boardroom to urban to street style. I mean, I'm, I'm there, mm-hmm. you know, but, mm-hmm. um, but, it, but that helped build my confidence. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. used a necktie to help build my confidence. Wow. Um, I mean, I was never so in love with ties. That was just like my identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, people saw the ties, my identity, but it was a calling card that allowed people to kind of get to, I guess respect me more, or know me more, or listen to me more, or right. something more. Yeah, and I'm um, just uh, wow. and now I just have fun with it. Yeah. I have over a hundred, probably close to two hundred ties now. People just yeah. give me ties now. Yeah, I mean they know that I wear ties. They just keep giving me ties and cologne and different mm-hmm. men's accessories. That's awesome. Which I'm very thankful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's really talented. I mean, seriously, I mean, extremely, extremely talented. I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, most men can't even um, tie a tie, and you're like all the. I mean, just the pictures. And again, I'm gonna post it on here. The joys of editing. Um, they'll actually be shown while he's talking. But um, uh, just amazing. Um, I love them. I, I really do. And hopefully, I don't know if you did. I know on some of your blogs, it has the names of them. But if you have like a link um, where people can actually even purchase or whatever they need to do or um, support that, uh, please go ahead and let me know on that. Um, and actually, I, I'm only saying this. It was actually First Peter 5, 7, um, I believe, with the, the enemy thing. I don't know. I'm looking through my notes. Make sure I didn't miss anything on you. Um, what I can I can I ask this of you? And I actually um, wasn't going to do this, but during my editing phase, um, 
I didn't tell you on the script that I had sent you, I was um, going to do this. So what I would like for you to do, if you can, is answer this question and then bring us in for a landing on how God can take the broken and restore it. But if someone were to say to you, or if they're watching this podcast today, listening uh, to the podcast, and they are, are right where you used to be, and they say, hey, you know, I mean, why does God even do this? Why did he create me in the mess? Why did he make me such a mess? I mean, what do you say to somebody like that? That's a good question. So basically the question is like, why did God make me a mess? Or why did God put me in a position where I am a mess or mm -hmm. a mess or whatever? Is that kind of the gist yeah. of it? Mm -hmm. um, I would say God, God doesn't, we're in a, we're in a fallen world. We're in an imperfect world. And the consequence of sin is the imperfection we see and the problems that we see. So we're in a world that's governed by free will and by choices. Mm -hmm. And choices and of others do affect other people mm -hmm. um and if the, the choices of other people affect other people so uh, some things in your life might not be because of your choosing or doing um but you can choose and uh you can choose to remain in that state of mind uh and how you react to things will either how you react to things can either help you get out of a certain state of mind or it can further you being in that state of mind where you're continually hurt by something that was that happened years ago so uh, like I, I could continually be hurt by the anorexic comment, even though it's like 16 years ago or 15 mm -hmm. years ago, I could still allow myself to be hurt by that. I kept replaying that over and over again. So mm -hmm. it's not that God puts you intentionally in a mess. There's an adversary. There's an enemy who, who hates the thought of you being happy and prospering. See a lot of Christians mm -hmm. don't like, we don't like talking about the devil so much, but mm -hmm. he hates us. I mean, the mm -hmm. devil, there's a, mm -hmm. we have who's here to kill Heal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. So he's looking to destroy us, and he has passion. Mm -hmm. The good news is, is God's love is greater than his hate, but the mm -hmm. hate is still there. So we're in a world where the prince of the power of the air hates us and is trying to destroy everybody and is the accused of the brethren. Uh, mm -hmm. The reason that Jesus constantly makes intercession for us at the right hand of the Father is because the devil is constantly bringing up accusations mm -hmm. in the court of heaven. He's constantly accusing us. Mm -hmm. Scripture says he's the accused of the brethren. So we have, we have a world that's fallen that's stacked against us mm. in the sense of this in the sense of the us on our own humanness not with, i'm not talking with with god anything is possible but in our own selves it's stacked against us because the devil's trying to constantly just take us out take us out take us out because mm -hmm. misery loves company he wants to tear you down with him mm -hmm. he knows his days are numbered so he wants mm -hmm. to take as many wants misery loves company so he wants to be miserable and he wants you to be there with him so we live in a in a in a climate where that's the root of all the problems we see in the world. And then people just egg it on mm -hmm. by yielding to certain mindsets and, and frameworks that have a spiritual root, but it has a physical manifestation. And so, you know, you definitely can take care of the physical, mm -hmm. physical manifestation of it, but you also need to get to the root of it. So we, yeah. it's not that God puts you in a mess because he wants to, because he hates you so much. The devil hates you and he's coming against you. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that warfare going for everyone's soul is a real thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and so that, that would be, that'd be an answer to that. And yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not trying to like give like a seminary sermon or holy mm -hmm. analysis sermon, but that's, there's, I mean, coming from being a Christian, I understand the spiritual side of things. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. it, there's more to it than I. Uh, yeah. But through all of that, the hatred that, that the devil has for everyone on this planet, God's love conquers all of it. Amen. So that's the hope. And we're going to go back to John. John 3, 16 is the pillar for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, God, God thinks you're to die for. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that you're worth dying for. And so mm-hmm. that kind of selfless mm-hmm. love, you know, it's priceless. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, and so what if someone literally like they, they hate God, they have no desire to know God and yet they battle things. And we both know that that battle is a lot stronger because even when we, and I'm sure you still go through stuff today. I do as well. I, what I do is I I lean upon God's word. I have to, if I don't, man, I'm going to be weak and feeble. And I, you know, I find myself after a couple of days, if I don't pray, if I don't read the Bible, because life is busy. I'm not saying I'm some overly spiritual person that every day I'm like, oh, oh, Jesus, be with me today. No, I don't have time for all that. I have things to do. But I also know that after a couple of days, my spirit is very dry and I become very weak spiritually. And then I notice the stuff from the world really just gets into my brain because I don't have any helmet on or armor or nothing. So definitely don't have the sword of the spirit. So we know where to go to. But an unsaved, unchurched person... Because Look at our church people today. Look at some of these pastors. Carl Lentz, prime example, just recently fell from Hillsong. It's like these churches, none of these kids have anyone to look up to today. So how would you tell them, like, because the hardest question to answer to someone is, you know, and again, we came from church. So it's easy for us to kind of answer that question. But when someone outside looking in at our God how is he any different from any other God? Basically, what we, our God looks like, he pretty much sucks as well. You know what I mean? I don't know. Can I say sucks? I think I can say sucks. It stinks, whatever. Um, I said pissed off on one of my podcasts, and apparently I got somebody mad and I was going to hell. But um, so how do you do that? Like, you, you know, that, that area of what makes our God any different? Yeah, um, I would say, I would say, um, where are you getting your information on God? Because mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's important. Uh, I would ask them that, like, where are you getting your information on God? You know? So, but I would also say, don't, don't judge him by the actions of his followers, mm-hmm. because you're looking at imperfect people living an imperfect life in an imperfect world, trying to do things the best they know how we see in part, but know in part, but we're also just sometimes just dumb. <laughs> we do dumb things. And I say, and do dumb things all the time. Sometimes I'm a, sometimes I'm just a stupid saying waiting to happen. Sometimes I just say something stupid. And I don't even, like, oh my God, that was so stupid. But you have to understand that people are going to do and say things that are very fickle. People are very fickle in their nature. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to, you know, go to the source, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and um and so, you know, here we say it in the South, like hear her straight from the horse's mouth. I don't I don't know where that saying came from, but it's like Okay, take it from the source for those that don't know what that means. Uh, I'm from so people in the South know what that means. The people that are, I mean, just take it from the source. I go straight to mm-hmm. the source or right to it is. That's why I say read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, because everybody has faith in some and a belief in God to some degree, regardless of if you hate him or you don't, you have mm-hmm. some belief in God, some degree mm-hmm. of belief in God. So mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, what does it hurt to actually hear? what God is saying through his book instead of through the words of someone who claims to know him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they may or they may or may not know right. somebody's actions. And this is again, my good friend, Riley, 
Shout out to my friend Ryan Lee. He's a great guy. He said, don't put God expectations on human connections. And I think a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. They try to put God expectations on human connections, or they just expect, like I did, humans to act like God who say that, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, as Christians, yeah, we have a higher standard we should live to, but that doesn't mean that we should be perfect right. uh, in the sense that we're realistic, that we're, we're, not, we're not relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think for Christians, we need to, we need to come across as, as less put together and just say, man, I struggle mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. with things, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I think that Christians should do better at not shying mm-hmm. away from the topics that the, I guess, mm-hmm. the secular world would want to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think culture right now, one is trying to talk about some things that the church has been talking about mm-hmm. years ago. Exactly. And so, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I, this kind of goes both hands, but for the unchurched crowd, I wouldn't say believe in God based on what his people say. I would say yeah. believe, you know, go to the source. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's not what Matthew says. It's not what anyone says. It's what God says. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's sad to see, it, it's sad to see Christian leaders fall, but we, we've gotten to the point where mm-hmm. popularity is more important than faithfulness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So if you're at least like popular, that. and I know, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there's a, you know, I mean, there, there are times when people get get picked, and I've heard it, and I've heard people in meetings say, like, oh, well, we want to pick this person to do ministry because they look good, and they look mm-hmm. good on stage, and they're attractive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a popularity contest. Yeah. So, don't buy into the popularity contest. Go to the word mm-hmm. straight up, and, um, and, and don't fall for the hype of man building up other men and yeah. women and other people. Just go straight to the source. What does God mm-hmm. say? And then God will bring the right people across your path to disciple you. The big key. Mm-hmm. You do better at that. Not for another discussion. But um, <laughs> and that, let that kind of flow in. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, if, if you keep judging it off of like, oh, another person fell. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like that's true. But right. that doesn't give you an excuse to keep following yourself. That's right. Yeah, so, I agree. It, You're bringing me back. Um, Cause like I said, I'm a lot older than you. And so back in the eighties, there was a Christian singer. His name is Wayne Watson. And he had a song called that's not Jesus. And part of the lyric was um, that's not Jesus. That's just some mortal man who has gone astray. So basically the gist of the song is don't look at man. Cause that's not my Jesus. And that song always resonated with me. Um, but that was to what you just said, and I know we got to go. Um, but what you just said is the reason I, I I felt led of the Lord, literally, not led of Kim. I felt this nudging from the Holy Spirit to start Life Clips, and this started in February of this year. And God has been moving mightily within this podcast. But part of the reason I did it is because the topics that I discuss, again, not so much the, since March, because I'm I'm biblically I'm very uh, I believe in Bible prophecy. I believe in the rapture and the tribulation and all of that. So I felt like life clips needed to kind of go into that direction for a little bit and we'll continue. Um, but there are, are taboo topics that the church refuses to talk about. They don't want to talk about people who've gotten divorced. They want to knock someone who gets remarried. They don't want to talk about addiction, you know, and I've always said this, I battled uh, bisexuality for a very long time while I was backslidden there is no difference between a hetero and a homosexual. It's both a sexual sin outside of the marriage bed. So it doesn't matter who I'm laying down with. It's still a sin in God's eyes. We're the ones who categorize that. And as I always told people, there's going to be a lot of bad people 
in heaven because we're going to be confused on how did that person get here? Because Christians struggle. There are probably born again believers right now on a corner somewhere looking to get a shot of heroin because they took the wrong turn. Who, who are we to say that they are not truly born again? Like, I don't know their life clip. I don't know their story. Um, we don't know the timeline. I mean, if someone looked at my life, my timeline was over 20 years. I looked like I was in the world. Does that mean I wasn't saved? No. So that was the premise of life clips. We have to talk about these issues. And to your point, the church does a very crappy job at bringing that in. Like if, if a young girl who's 15, 16 wants to get an abortion, would she feel comfortable enough to go to the pastor of the church? Or will she feel like they're going to judge me if I told them I got an abortion. Like we have to, now listen, I'm not condoning sin. I'm not saying go out there and have a free for all because of God's grace. No, no, I'm not. But we also have to be more loving and more understanding and more compassionate because this day and age, man, it is hard to walk in the path of righteousness. It truly is. I mean, I'm 48 and I find myself like, I lost a friend because I like to crack open a beer at night or have a glass of wine. Um, okay, one beer, even if I had one beer every single night, doesn't mean I'm going to start being an alcoholic again. I'm redeemed from my life. But I know that God doesn't sit here and say, oh, Kim, why are you having that beer? There's nothing wrong with one beer or one glass of wine. Even if I did it, I mean, literally a 12 pack of Bud Light Platinum lasts me three months. Clearly, I'm not a drinker. So you see what I'm saying? But that's how Christian, they're so legalistic that they forget to be loving. You know, as I always said, people are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. But anyway, enough with that. That's not why you're here. Um, that's another podcast. I just get really aggravated because there's hurting broken people within the body of Christ. And all I ever seem to see and hear are legalistic Christians. Um, and I used to be that person. I'm not going to lie. You know, I would critique them. And then I always forgot, man, for 20 years, that was me. You know, I would, but I knew within my spirit, man, because you always feel that guilt. That's how, you know, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Because while I was living that perverse lifestyle and doing things that I shouldn't, I always felt like, oh my gosh, I can like die at any moment, whatever. So let's end it on a positive note here. So here you were anxious. Your life was in this Matthew bubble. And now look at you. So let's talk about how God really quick, really brief will end it up. Um, and then you can also say how people can find you, but what has God done and where are you right now because of his redemptive power? Sure, sure. Also, I love, I love the Wayne, Wayne Watson reference. That's really cool. I was taking it old school right there. I like that. That's really cool. Yeah, I um, love that old school uh, Christian music. David Meese was my favorite. Do you know who he is? David Meese, he's from Texas. He started uh, the song, We Are uh, the Reason, long time ago. We oh, are okay. the reason. That, yeah, that, that's David Meese. Oh, I love him, but go ahead. Anyway, yes, yeah, so anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, it, okay. Ron Canola, you were actually, you know, you, you were super safe. You had, you had Ron Canola in your playlist, you know. There you go. But anyway, uh, where I am now, people that didn't grow up in church in the 90s have no idea who that is. But I have Don uh, Francisco on my playlist if that tells you anything. Oh, God. <laughs> got to tell God. somebody. I got to tell them. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Hey, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> so where I am now, I mean, so... 2020 has been a testimony of itself. So the mm. book is a testimony of itself. So where I am now is God's really working out, actually using my giftings. Because for a while, I just was doing these things like Snapchat live videos, Facebook live videos, doing all these different things. And I was just perfecting my skill, working on my skill set of being a communicator, doing the blog, working on my skill set. And uh, even back in college, I was a good writer, you know, perfect, perfecting that skill set. 
And I just kept doing it and just kind of doing it, did it kind of that thing and doing it in private. When you're faithful in private, God will promote you in public. Mm-hmm. And so um, 2020 came. Well, kind of, well, let's rewind back to last year. I started have some some friends who would do uh, short films. And they're like, hey, you want to be on the set of the short film? We'll put you on screen. You know, you'd be an extra. You know, kind of do some cute, you know, cool things. And mm-hmm. sure, you know, just kind of playing around with it, taking it seriously. Because I was like, I want to be a public speaker and, you know, do startups and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't even think about it. So 2020 happens. And, of course, we all know, um, you know, so, uh, so I mean, to kind of make it shorter, so – 10 years ago, back in January, um, 2020 joke, don't worry about it. For those that don't get it, like January, 20, yeah, 2020 is a decade in and of itself, okay? So 10 years ago, January, um, <laughs> I mean, that's basically, we're going to November, so like 10 years ago in January, so I started writing, yeah, I started writing a book, um, and uh, kind of in 2019, I kind of started to pick it up, and then... Um, I got nowhere with it. I just kind of said, yeah, I don't. So January, I start. God's like, you really need to write this book because there's people who really, you know, because I found out, of, you know, local high, high, high school students in my area where I was raised, very affluent part of the Metroplex, they killed themselves. They're students, like, in this high school. So God's like, how long are you going to keep uh, letting people suffer like this with your story? It was conviction because I, yeah. he kept trying to get me to write this book and I kept, like, putting it off. So it was really one of those, like, you know, like you need to really get this written. I already done the video, which you know, you kind of played a little snippet of it. That was I did that in 2018, mm-hmm. and so I moved on. And but January I started writing the book, and then in March, so I have the book written, like the first draft. Those who don't know, if you write a book, you like you write like three or four drafts, and you edit it like constantly. It's a, it's a process. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the first draft, get it all my thoughts on paper, and uh, and I finished that around Valentine's Day. So I did it in like a month. And a half, wow. maybe not even month and a half. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I'm like, kind of mind edited, you know, very, very helpful. And then mm-hmm. COVID hits in March. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so uh, you want me to write a book and we can't even leave our house. <laughs> Basically, and I was like, we have nothing but time to keep writing because you have all these other book ideas I'm giving you. So I'm like, okay, a lot of other ideas uh-huh. uh, on different. But this book, uh, God's Only Mistake, it came about by me just, it, this is all COVID. So I'm writing. It's all in the COVID time. So I'm writing it. I'm having people, you know, I'm sending it back and forth via email. They're editing it, you know, different people editing it. And uh, I have a friend who's a publisher. And um, I have other people who are talking to me about, oh, this is what I did for my book. So I have all the, I'm gathering the information, you know, walking wisdom, gather all the information, count the costs, make sure what's the best step. So I'm looking at all the different options and I'm calling up different self-published options and i'm calling friends of mine who are publishers or uh well that and who are authors talk, what did you do what would you not do what would you tell me to do what what a mistake what's a mistake that you made that i shouldn't make i'm asking all these questions i'm mm-hmm. gathering information and um and i'm getting some solid information and they're talking to me oh man you need to sit with the content you need to you know self-publish it this is the pros to it this is the con to it you know it's it's up to you this is the size it should be it's all the nitty-grittiness of you know, and there's a lot that goes to the book, like the font, the binding, the size, you know, the paper quality, all these things. We're going through all this stuff. So like, okay, so I'm going through that, and I don't have a publisher, and I don't know what to do. I can self-publish it. It might be cheaper, but I don't have a marketing piece to it. I can't get it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, God, what do I need to do to get this book out? And so I call a friend of mine, and he's a publisher, and uh, lo and behold, God just really – 
we work out a really good deal um, where we can send the book. And uh, that's how I got connected to uh, Gaston uh, Publishing House. Wow. And so they're, they're publishing the book and they're distributing it to different wherever books are sold mm-hmm. and they're doing all that. Um, but, but then I'm thinking, okay, so I'm asking people and they're saying, well, to have a successful book, you know, you need to go on podcasts and radio shows and, and be on a speaking tour. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. no one's going to want me to speak anyway. COVID. I mean, yeah. the, the, no church invite me to speak for them. No, no grooming. No one's going to invite me to speak because it's COVID, mm-hmm. you know? Right. You know? And, and so, I mean, what, what do I do? In the in a in a time where no one wants anyone knew them because of this, so so then God opens up doors of connections I made in 2019, um, and I, you know, she, uh, a friend of mine who's an actress, she said, "Hey, I saw your uh, your Facebook Live videos, and I really like what you're doing." Mm-hmm. And we had done we had done a we had done a video shoot for a web series back uh, in 2019 for something that actually was just released, but. Uh, Right place at the right time for a Bible study. That's how I got connected to acting. A friend of mine uh, said, "Hey, I saw your Facebook live video. Would you like to start being an actor?" So sure. So that led me to meeting people. Then she just introduced me to director after director after director, and that got me into different movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, which in 2021 will land me on Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime Videos, wow. uh, different different platforms, mm-hmm. and. But those contacts started getting me connected to radio shows uh, because mm. you know, the, the movies that I was in. And then they said, hey, you want to come back and talk mm-hmm. about your books? I kind of hinted at it. Yeah. Said, yeah. Do you want to come back and talk about your books? Mm-hmm. Now, here's God orchestrating these steps where, okay, he brings a, he brings a publisher at the right time mm-hmm. to publish the book. He brings people that will help me get on their podcast and then give me direction to say, okay, reach out to these people, reach out to these people before I actually have a path. Mm-hmm. So he surrounded me with the right people. Where now we are here in November 2020, yeah. right before Thanksgiving, we're actually for it. In a wow. time when people came back because they're not doing things, God just has mm-hmm. just you know said, "All right, it's your time to go." Yeah. And um, and it just it's just no. Excuse. I mean, like it, don't 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 make it an excuse. Like I had nothing but time to write because mm-hmm. I went to work and came home. You know, yeah. like so I just started writing. And uh, I write other manuscripts that I'm going to publish in the future about leadership or about relationships that I'm working mm-hmm. on. So it's not just this book. I have a whole list of books I want to write uh, yeah. over this next day. Yeah. So um, there's more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, so it's just, I just, the, the creative juices were flowing and God was telling me, be faithful in the quiet time here mm-hmm. because when the world starts to open back up again, I'm going to, I'm going to elevate the people who are faithful in the time of quarantine, yeah. whether they were working on spiritual walk with they're working on their mm. uh, their talents and their abilities and private mm. do what you have and i did that and i have other friends who were doing the same thing and mm. and then this time i'm just seeing how god is promoting us because uh, yeah. he, he he's, he's a god of his word he yeah. was like you know you know you you be the man in private that you want to be in public and mm-hmm. you'll you know you'll so all this happened you know in a year where in a mm. year where mo- a lot of the world is struggling, mm-hmm. and God's allowed me to be in four movies, mm-hmm. a couple music videos, variety of commercials, modeling shoots, yeah. um, in the process of getting an agent and an agency for modeling and an agent for acting. Mm-hmm. Got I co-authored one book for the church here locally, and then I have my first solo book coming out here with God's Own Mistake, yeah. and um, all in 2020. And the year's not even over. I got other yeah. projects that 
you know, I keep getting casted for like a, you know, like video skits that share a message mm-hmm. um, and different, different things, you know, different things of, uh, and just like the phone is, well, it's not ringing because I get text messages all the time, but the phone is always going off with opportunities. That's awesome. Uh, back in the day, so yeah. my phone's always ringing. Well, I don't do anymore. Only yeah. 20 to text you, but I'm always offers and it's all gone. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, Amen. I'm just thankful and God opens the doors, but mm-hmm. I have to be faithful with my gifting once I'm in the room. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people understand that. Like, I want God to open up doors. But you, mm-hmm. you have to be faithful with your gifting Amen. and steward it well when you're in the room. Because God will open yes. the door, but it's up to you what you do with it I when you're in the room. So totally. that's why act professional, treat people with respect, mm-hmm. take it seriously, but also have mm-hmm. fun doing it at the same time. You know, that allows me to keep working mm-hmm. as an independent actor model in dallas which yeah. is a huge act in dallas so mm-hmm. um so that's just where god has me now mm-hmm. and then you know just being able to be a leader at my, at my church here locally you know being able to be in uh, at the front of the church welcoming people in with signs and the music and making sure people feel welcome and leading mm-hmm. a small group for young adults and doing all that that's kind awesome. of stuff still all, all that 2020 that mm-hmm. has people a lot of people just sitting at home not doing anything yeah you know i'm over here mm-hmm. saying right god what opportunity you have for me? Yeah, he closes the door over here. He opens it mm-hmm. here, and I just walk through that's it. Right. The history. I agree. And so it's yeah, it's been awesome. the best so far. Yeah. Ironically, I know, and that's funny. It's like it's just amazing how God uses, um, you know, as you said, that silent time. And I'll just um, add this in real quick, and then um, I'm going to have you uh, close it up, and I'll tell you how. But um, so when I, like I said, I started the podcast with life clips and um you know i had guests on uh you know given their life clip and things of that nature and then life kind of started happening in march um you can just kind of see the divisiveness in our in our nation and you know like you can't talk politics or religion and um which i don't shy away from those issues they're challenging issues but i think through god you, we can discuss anything as adults and I think on both sides, people are hurting and lost. And um, so with that being said, the big QAnon movement came out. I don't know if you ever heard of QAnon. And uh, so I followed them, you know, not religiously, but uh, all of a sudden I just kept feeling the nudge of God saying, um, you know, you need to expose QAnon. And I was like, I don't, what, what's happening? Why am I thinking these things? So anyway, in that exposure, I don't know if you've checked out any of my podcasts, but I exposed this falsehood. And what happened was, I'm getting somewhere because you made a very valid point. I um, lost my job in March because of COVID, but God still provides. I still work currently, but my schedule is a lot more hectic now. I work longer days. So doing this podcast, my days off are really not days off. I sit at home and I do the Lord's work, right? Um, but when I started doing this QAnon, it's, I, I morphed into twice a week, which I never do. My podcast lands, it drops every Friday, but I felt like this was important and you can kind of, to your point, you can feel God nudging and moving. And I did not want to ignore that because there was people out there who needed to hear. So prime example, when, to your point again, when you know, God's hand is in something and you remove yourself. When I first started uploading on YouTube, I don't know what month it was um, because time flies. Honestly, like you said, it was a decade ago. So I don't know. It seems like seven years ago I started this podcast, but um, 
I think I had like 15 subscribers, right? My my podcast did really well. Um, I garnered a lot of um, listeners, which I still do, even though I have the YouTube channel. So I still have a very faithful following on podcasts, um, which as we discussed before, I'm on all the major ones. Um, when I started doing this book on QAnon, I have quadrupled. I am now up to 81 subscribers on YouTube. But what happened was in those subscriptions, um, I also had a lot of hate mail. I had a lot of you're judgmental. I had a lot of, as I call them, the workers of the enemy trying to silence me because sometimes power of words can kind of choke you. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm misreading this. Am I being too harsh? Um, but I believe in exposing falsehood, and that's part of life clips as well. I mean, truth is truth, regardless if it hurts your feelings or not. So with all that being said, um, to your point, where I wanted to sit quietly at my house and just work and have two freaking days off a week, God has other things in store. But I was faithful, and I ha I'm still faithful, you know. Um, when God moves, there's no stopping and, and that's in anything in life. When God's hand is in something and you know it's him. And, you know, I think now's the time more than ever, honestly, Matthew, that we as true believers in Christ really need to let go of the wheel, so to speak. And we need to say, okay, God, what can I do to impact your kingdom? Because we live in a very dark world. I mean, as much as we want to hide that fact, we do. Our world is darker than it's ever been. But there's light and that light is me, that light is you, that light is all the believers. And right now there's not many of us shining it very brightly. And there's not many of us such as yourself who have always had the gifts, but the enemy came in and denied you of those gifts for many years. And now God is saying, yeah, you know what? Same thing with Job, but look at the ending of Job's story, you know, because um, the enemy, he can only go so far, you know, because the sovereign hand of God is not going to let anything happen unless he if he's in control of that so i i'm so happy that you're here i mean this has been amazing um having you on here you know again my life my this podcast is all over the place and that was really what i wanted i didn't want to be stuck in one little niche or bubble but what i would like for you to do if you don't mind is in one or two minutes speak to our family who's listening to you today um and just you know, however you want to end it, just give them your public speaking encouragement platform. So it's all yours. Go ahead, Matthew. Thank you. So for those who have, uh, have listened to this, to hopefully hopefully this encourages you, my story, hopefully it encourages you. I mean, I, the Bible says that God is no respect of persons. I believed he was uh, for a good minute, good, for a good minute. I thought he was a respectful person, which means I, I thought he played favorites. But I realized that people play favorites. God doesn't. So whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, understand that God's a respectful person. If he can walk me through and bring me through this journey of going from a mistake to a masterpiece in my mind and renewing my mind, then he can do the same for you, whatever your hang up in life is. So don't feel that your struggle is unique to you because I thought my struggle was unique to me. And then I started talking about it. And then people started to say, I thought he made a mistake with me. I thought God made a mistake with me. I thought I was the only one that, that struggled. And then I realized I wasn't the only one who felt that way. And then I started realizing that everyone I'm walking around 
feels the same way that I do. They all feel like they're being judged by me and everybody else around them. So we're all in the same boat to some degree. And uh, so don't feel like you're alone. Like the, 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 in, the, in the wild, the predator wants to, a predator will always go after the animal who is wounded, who is uh, weak, or who is just young and doesn't know to keep up with the pack and they're just going off here. So the, the, a predator is always going to go for the animal that's straying away, whether they're, they're weak, they're injured, or they're just clueless. And that's what the that's what the devil is going to do for us. He's going to try and take us away from community and 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 isolate us, and then and then beat us over the head with all these lies, and and find us with chains. And remember, chains make a lot of noise, but no sense. So you're going to you're going to see a lot of things that through that perspective is going to seem right, but all you have to do is just change your perspective, understand it is it isn't accurate. So your your life struggles or your life clip, um, it might not. It might not be a good right now because it might not have a positive ending, but just I would just I would encourage you to say, what do you have to lose? I mean, if you mm -hmm. don't turn to God, nothing change and you're going to be in the same boat you're in. But if you do turn to God, what if what if what if he actually does for you what he did for me? I know he will. Mm -hmm. uh, I know he can. The will part is if you'll allow him in. And that's that, my friends, is up to you. So I would just encourage you with that. Um, hopefully, again, like hopefully my story can can uh, encourage you that this, you know, six foot string being in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> and uh, this tall, lanky guy in Dallas who's a model and an actor um, can can have that after almost being at death's door and just mm -hmm. giving up on life. If that can happen for me, it can happen for you. Amen. No question about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. take it from give it a shot you know, what do you have to lose amen I agree with all of that so thank you so before we end I know I'm going to post the links but if you wanted to say to our family where people can either book you contact you find your book just tell us um, some avenues on where to find Matthew Simmons absolutely so, so I'll start with social media so social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, just find me either Matthew Simmons or Stylish Leadership and you'll be able to find me. You can direct message me on particularly on Instagram or on Facebook. You can just direct message me or for those who might want to contact me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Matthew Simmons as well. Uh, if you want to make a more professional book or something like that. Um, I mean, I'm definitely open to speak and be on other podcasts or whatever. I know with COVID, it, it will probably be virtual, but I'm cool with that. Um, I'm definitely cool with that, but whatever, we'll, we'll just, we'll just take one step at a time. So those are the places to find me, stylish leadership or Matthew Simmons, or if you really want to see my time, not just follow me on Instagram at Simmons Ascension. You can see all over 2000 of them. Uh, I post every once in a while there. Stylish leadership is my main one, but the book, uh, if you want to pre-order the book, uh, it is going to be at gastonpublishinghouse.com, gastonpublishinghouse.com. And then it will eventually be wherever books are sold, Barnes Noble, Amazon. We're going to do a paper book and an ebook. Then you help us. You help us uh, uh, hit a certain number of sales. Um, we'll we'll do an audio book. So I mean, I'm telling my telling the audience, help us get us to two thousand uh, copies sold. We'll do an audio book mm -hmm. for you. So and I'll be the one voicing it. So I mean, help us get there. That's my yeah. first goal. To want everybody to have an audio book too. Mm -hmm. I know audio books are popular. So I'm just telling. 
help help me get there because I want to help you have an audiobook as well. I know not everyone likes to read, so help right. us get there. So that's and, kind of uh, and Lord willing, uh, if we're still here in 2021, what is your plans for um, the next decade in 2021? The next decade. And in 10 yeah. years from now, in 2021, what is your goal and your plans? Yeah, well, what so what far, do you right. have going on in your future? Well, I want to release, uh, I've already written the manuscripts for a series of booklets called Stylish Leadership. So mm -hmm. I take people through different leadership principles and I walk them through how to be intentional in their faith or their walk with God, their family or their relationships, their finances, you know, some quick principles that I've learned in my, in, in, uh, in that and in, in fashion, you know, particularly men's fashion, There's particularly the fashion piece is really for guys because that's my experience. I uh, really help walk guys through the process of, you know, the ties, but more so the, the complete look. I give them cologne tips. I give them wardrobe tips. I give them, you know, different basic tips. And then there's some videos on my YouTube about that as well. So I want to do that booklet series next year. And I've also got other books I have that I'm starting to write on, you know, relationship and different things. And um, and then movies. So next year, a lot of my movies are going to, they're all going to be released that I'm in, but just different acting projects. Um, just praying for God to open up doors and acting. Um, yeah. Me and some friends are working on a, on a Christian, uh, content series we're gonna we're gonna make parable modern day versions of the of the parables and a bible mm -hmm. story taking taking making the, the whole disciples a modern day uh version of it with modern day clothes and everything and what would the what would jesus mm -hmm. say to his disciples in 2020 2021 mm -hmm. uh super super cool super excited about that we're gonna start filming that here soon we've yeah. been in the works of talking about that location in place so be on the lookout for that mm -hmm. again follow me on all those places be, we'll be there and then i'll let you know kim and i mean we can come back and talk about it if need be but definitely um, and um but but we got all those different things and then just mm -hmm. letting god just lead it i mean again like i said i'm always people are always reaching out to me with different pilots and projects and short films and mm -hmm. you know and, and you know we'll have some uh let my light shine in the in the world, whether it's the secular arena or the christian arena or all mm -hmm. just let my light shine and, and yeah. it is everywhere so Amen. um so that's the general area and we're mm -hmm. going to continue to work it out there i'm sure there's some things that are going to happen that i have no idea about but god does i'm just hoping yeah. for that uh but it's going to be it's going to involve acting modeling mm -hmm. and then promoting this book and then writing other books and doing other mm -hmm. projects like that or the same so that's awesome and so for all the single ladies who are going to be catching this podcast are you on any dating sites gotta ask you gotta not. listen i gotta ask for the ladies so how would the single ladies get in touch with you do they follow you on Instagram? They can follow me on Instagram. Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram. Stylish leadership. They'll be able to. They'll okay. be able to find me there. I'll call them back. All right. Listen, I, I had to end it on a joyful note because sometimes um, life gets yeah. ahead of us. So, but anyway, Matthew, you have been a pleasure, and you know the. The plus about being in the family of God is you don't seem like a stranger to me. I feel like I've known you for all of eternity. So um, that's the pleasure of, you know, talking to another believer is there's a connection, even though literally we just met three days ago, I don't know, 30 years ago. Again, I, I can't keep up with the days. It just seems like I'm still sitting in February of 2020. But um, anyway, we're going to end. Um, I know it's way past your time here. So thank you so, so much. I wish you the best. I would really love to have you back on Life Clips. Um, even if it's to talk Bible, we can have other people on here. Um, you know, just again, this is about encouragement. We're living in a day and age where I think we need to encourage 
whether it be saved or unsaved, you know, especially the unchurched, I think need Jesus a whole heck of a lot today. But anyway, again, yeah. you have been a pleasure. I wish you the best. Um, again, come on here anytime. Uh, this again will air on Black Friday, uh, Friday the uh, the 27th. I was Friday the 13th. Um, Friday the 20, uh, November 27th. We literally at midnight on Friday, this will be live. So both on YouTube and not that anyone's going to listen at midnight. Now, just so you know, I do have people in Europe and Asia and also India who listen. So when I say midnight here, it's what it could be noon over there in some place. So actually Europe is a five hour difference. But anyway, it's been a pleasure. Have an amazing evening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. And again, you are welcome back anytime because you're now a family of life clips. So thank you and best to you on the book. Um, if I can do anything on my end to help promote that a little bit more than this podcast, I'll be more than happy to do that. So it's amazing to have sure, yeah. a young person serving Christ today. I'm not going to lie. It's amazing. It does my heart good. It really does. Hey, it's fun to do. And yeah, share with everybody. I got a lot to say, so I'll be on here. I can be on here a lot. I'm fine All right. You can come on anytime, <laughs> anytime, anytime whatsoever. We can talk about your fashion. We can talk about because i again I, I i've stalked you a little bit not in a bad way um but you know i do see you have a connection with a lot of people which is good and and yeah i've seen you on other podcasts where you got relationships and things of that nature because i'm sure as a young person in christ that's got to be a very difficult arena to be in um be, again because of the world we live in you know i mean we're grown we can talk grown stuff on this podcast as well. You know, I mean, we still think with body parts, I'll just say that. So it's gotta be a struggle this day and age. Hmm. I am working on a book for that. I am working on a book for that. So, you know, All right. I mean, I'll just say safely in the next couple of years, there'll be a book out on that. We'll see exact mm -hmm. time, but yeah, I wanna, maybe, you know, I, I wanna get up on that because it is important. Uh, yeah, relationships and Christian relationships. Oh, for sure. Relationship with it on that. Yeah, because it's a yeah. challenge, you know, it is a challenge, but we, we can talk all night long, I'm sure, my friend. So you have an amazing evening. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll, I'm sure, connect again. So have an amazing evening, Matthew. Thank you so much for being here. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey, family. Thank you for listening to today's episode. As always, we are listed on every major podcast platform. We are on Google, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, and more. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you want to hit the little watermark right there in the corner. And you'll be subscribed to our channel we are also, just so you know, we are also on Rumble. We are in the process of uploading our videos there, but whatever new content comes on, it'll be on that channel. So subscribe. Life Clips podcast. Life Clips is still one word. However, there's an underscore. So it's Life Clips underscore podcast on Rumble. So go ahead and subscribe. As always, if you want to be a guest here on Life Clips, of course, we would love to have you. Or if you just simply want to send us a message, Whatever the case may be, email us at lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Life Clips Podcast. And as always, I am saving the best for last. Look up for our redemption 
is drawing near.